Most of us never learned how to train our brains, which is why most of us needlessly settle, struggle, and worse, suffer. My name is Chris Doris, and I want to make brain training mainstream. This is my series, Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I'm interviewing badasses from all walks of life on what mental toughness means to them and their unique approaches to strengthening their minds. Welcome back to the Mental Toughness blog. It's Chris Doris, and today I have a special guest, Vince Temperino, with us. Uh, I've known Vince for, I don't know, Vince, how long? Like five, six years? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so um, Vince and I met, I, were you at CA or with Salesforce when I met you? I was at Salesforce. You're at, okay, so you just left CA. Yes. And it was here in Scottsdale, right? It was, a, it was an event up at the Valley Ho, is that correct? That's exactly right. Okay, yeah, and um, and then since then you 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 moved on to Splunk, and yes. then uh, to another place for just a real short stint, and and now you're at Cloudera, exactly. and the common thread between all of them is that you are a, a regional uh, VP of sales in the enterprise software industry, <clears throat> right? Absolutely. And uh, I wanted to um, spend some time with you. And I really wanted to uh, let the listeners experience you in particular because um, you're someone that truly gets what mental toughness means. And, uh, and I knew that about you from the very beginning. <clears throat> so um, I was hoping that we could spend some time talking about that, uh, about how you define mental toughness in the first place, because I think that maybe varies for people. Um, but of course, that there's, there's going to be a common denominator for everyone with respect to what does that even mean. Uh, but first of all, why don't you tell us just a little bit of, <clears throat> more about you, about your history, you know, um, what you've been into, what you've been up to in life, and where you are today, and we'll take it from there. All right, you got it, Chris. I am born and raised in the Bay Area in Northern California. Yeah. Grew up in that area. I love the outdoors. Uh, what I do for a hobby is hunting and fishing. That's my passion. I have three kids. I have an 18-year-old daughter, 11-year-old son, two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and I went to San Jose State. Um, I got into technology sales when I got out of school. I started working at Hewlett Packard. I was there for 13 years, other company for eight years, and then you talked about the history of CA, Salesforce, Splunk, and now Cloudera. So all told, that's about 26 years of technology sales experience. That's crazy. You, you don't even look 26 freaking years old. What the hell's going on? <laughs> what is that? That's impressive. It's impressive. Hey. You live a lot cleaner than me, babe. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so tell me, all right, so when you hear the term mental toughness, how do you define that? I define that as if you look at the whole person, you've got the physical, and then you've got the metal, and that makes up the whole. And I've heard you say, Chris, that what's going on on the outside or what's going on in your life is a direct reflection of what's going on in your mind. Sure. And what you see, and, and I characterize this as at what point in my evolution as a human being I was in when I met you and the impact of a recognition of what mental toughness is. And so my understanding started to develop about that point. I felt like I was uh, sharp, intelligent, that I had accomplished uh, a lot at that point in my life. But what 
I started to realize when I, when I looked in the mirror was I had a lot of noise going on in my head. I had stories that I was telling myself. I had interpretations of things that um, weren't necessarily true. And there were obstacles that were preventing me. And I felt like I had this feeling of reaching a ceiling and I couldn't break through that. And ultimately how I define mental toughness is that workout of your mind, that clarity of purpose and that working out of all of that noise and an ability to focus on what you need to focus on. And one of the things that I talk to my sales teams about as an example is if you're clear and you believe and you're mentally strong, it's all the little things that you do. So I'll give you an example, Chris. The other day I was having a conversation with one of my salespeople in their business reviews. And one of the things that I've taken from your practice and your methodologies is you have to declare. So you, you can't even be in a position to, to declare or have that clarity of purpose or that mental strength to get locked in on something and be absolutely clear. And I, I know that, you know, the way I see mental toughness is that all in state where you know and you can feel it in the essence of the physical part and the mental part where you can get real clear on something. I'll say that because the uh, in this particular conversation with this salesperson, it was about um, being able to clearly articulate what his goal was. So I asked the question, what results are you going to deliver this year? And his response were, was, uh, I think I'm going to do two to three million dollars. And my response to him is, let me give you an example of how clear I am on what my objectives are. Uh -huh. That my quota, and I won't give numbers for the sake of this, but let's say my quota was 75 million. Okay. My aspirational goal is to do 150 million. Clear as day. When my feet hit the floor in the morning, that's what I live, eat, and breathe. And that's uh -huh. what gives me that level of intensity to be clear and be mentally tough and do all the work and believe that it's all little things that I do. So that's in this case, you go ahead. No, please continue. So in this case, the effect that that had on this individual was he got clear right away. He moved his number to a very, and I told him, don't play it safe because playing it safe is not the all-in state. So he, he went to $3 million, He locked in $3 million, He followed up with an email. It's like the effect that you had on the crew at Splunk when you came in and you know how the clarity of purpose of, of the entire team was moved by that. So I'll, I'll you know back up to bring it down to mental toughness. It's that knowing that all that noise is out of your head, that you're, you know, view your mind as a muscle and as, as a, you know, a position of strength. And then that combined with the physical puts you all in to be able to be a laser focus on what you want to accomplish. Taught you, or you just said a whole lot. <clears throat> so there's a few things I want to clarify with you. Uh, or I'd love to hear, I, I would love for you to clarify um, for the listeners. You've mentioned the noise several times. Talk about that. Like, what, what, what do you mean by that? What is the noise? Can you give me an example, a specific example of what the noise is? Yeah. I'll give you an example that was so timely. And one of the things that, that rocked my world about that first time, um, I had heard of you via uh, my friends at CA. Mm -hmm. And then when I joined the Salesforce and I experienced that session, well, shortly thereafter, I was asked to give a presentation that normally Mark Benioff, who's the CEO of Salesforce, gives. Huh. And it was to... 750 people and prior to that you you would be if you met me chris prior prior to that what you did you would have saw in my eyes you would have saw in my presence that there was noise going on in my head that noise being i'm not good you know 
lack of confidence, man, I, I need to improve on this, my, you know, my presence of being able to put myself in a, in a position and be all there. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring up that example about the presentation is mm-hmm. after I, I saw your talk, I, I really internalized that I had a lot of things going on, in particular the noise and the way I was translating messages and I was letting outside factors get in the way of my ability to be absolutely clear. And it was affecting my confidence and ability to to lock in and be efficient. So in this particular case, the prep that I did, I got to work directly with Mark Benioff's speech coach. And and as a result of that, I spent a week and the presentation went off flawlessly. I have it on video. Hold on a second, you said with his speech coach? Yeah. He's a speech coach. Yeah, what I would say is that, you know, I say speech coach, this is a guy that uh, will work with him on a very important presentation to rehearse over and over. you worked with that guy? Yeah, and I got to work with him. And And that's interesting. Does he get into the mental part of it, or is it just rehearsal? Like, does does he, does he, what was that like? Yeah, that was like the critique of everything, Your, your physical presence, the way you carry yourself, your voice tone, the level of excitement, the content, uh, your eye contact, uh, but it, but it did fall short of going into any of the mental toughness. That's my key point. If I showed up mentally weak, yeah, the thing that he was teaching me would have never stuck. I would have got up on stage and looked oh, like wow, a, yes, how interesting. Yes. All right. So the next natural question then is, uh, how do you get rid of the noise? Because I mean, that's someone. This is that's a human thing, dude. That's not unique to it's you in any way, right. shape, or form. Okay, this is a human experience, right? Is and I guess in in, in uh, some, I guess it's in Buddhism. I think they call it monkey mind. You're calling it noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can call it a million different things. It's the mind out of control. You said you just referred a few minutes ago to the mind as a muscle. Mm-hmm. And if it's out of shape, then I guess that's what happens, right? Is the noise. The noise yes. which shows up in the form of self-doubt, right? Yes. You, you gave an example, so I'm not good enough, I can't do this, mm-hmm. which then paralyzes you. All of us can relate to that. There's no human that I know, have ever met that can't understand that, that can't relate to that, that hasn't experienced that. That's right. Unless they're an infant. Uh, so, so how do you get rid of the noise? How do you get rid of the noise? Looks like you froze there. Well, that is one effective way to get rid of noise is to just freeze. <laughs> I suppose if uh, it, if you could hold that position for the rest of your life, then, then I, I suspect that you would have no noise. <laughs> it's it's a little awkward for an interview. Um, it's a little lopsided. We might be able to use some noise, maybe a little bit more noise than this. So I like to use the mantra, this is the best goddamn thing that could have happened. And, and this seems like an opportune moment. And then I'll just let him figure out where to, uh, where to, how to, whatever, how to fix it. So we'll just back up. Yeah. Okay, and I'll go back to the question that, that uh, I asked you right before your proto. So let's edit from here. So Vince, how do you then get rid of this noise? That is something that takes a high degree of discipline and a high degree of commitment to doing because just like exercise, 
the more you do it, the easier it gets and the more memory. Okay. The way that I think about the mind is that you, when you let it go somewhere and you have something called staying above the O-line, when you let it go somewhere, you have a saying about, you know, it's just traffic. It's not bad. And there's so many things in life that I think a lot of people spend time in their mind thinking about unimportant things. And they exercise those pathways, whether it's negativity, it's judgment, uh, it's bad thoughts, whether it's about people or things, or it's an interpretation of what they have to do that day. And I think that when you realize that and you have zero tolerance for, you know, and knowing that if you exercise your mind in that way, all you're going to do is reinforce that way of thinking. So what I do is visualize a stop that when any thought, because as you said it earlier, Chris, we're all humans and we have a great degree of care to getting things right and to be best in class. But there are times that you can slip, but you have to have a high degree of commitment knowing that the standard for, you know, I see it even in our interactions and that we can joke around and have a good time, but there's, there's a, a box around where boundaries of where we will go and where we won't go. And I see that that expectation of excellence in the way that you think and not allowing those things that are going to creep in, they're going to be viruses. Then it creates this, uh, you know, strong muscle in your mind that only allows those things are going to allow you to continue to get stronger and cl and have more clarity of purpose. So, um, <clears throat> you made me get up at five freaking AM today, buddy. Okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> my first thought was, and, and I, I use my phone as an alarm, and, and I have a, a really nice Bruce Hornsby song come on very lightly. Yeah, nice. It's, um, yeah, it's uh, Bruce Hornsby. It's one where, where um, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Duh, from the Grateful Dead. Jerry. Jerry Garcia yeah. uh, actually plays in this song. It's pretty awesome. So, <laughs> so I wake up very peacefully, but then of course as I, I discover it's 5 a.m., my first thought is, shit, man, I'd love to go back to sleep. That's my first thought of the, well, my yeah. first thought was, I love this song. Yeah. My second thought of the day was, it's way too early, I'd love to go back to sleep. Right. Which is a, I wish this was different. Right. My second thought, my second conscious experience of the entire day is I'm having a problem with this. <laughs> right. right. And it's only been, I mean, I've only been up for an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And I bet you. I bet you I can't even count the number of times, and I'm a mental coach. Right. <laughs> I can't even. I bet I missed most of my low grade thoughts. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, that sounds. I mean, how do you hear that? Does that sound like misery? It does. It sounds like suffering. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so let's get more specific. Okay. If if you're teaching, if you are teaching. And I'm not asking you, I'm not testing you, dude. I know we've done some work together. I, you're, I wanted you on this call because I want people to hear your experience. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to set, like, have them hear what you think maybe we've done together. I, even mm -hmm. if that's your answer, I, want it to, I really want people to hear your unique experience, okay? Yes. So like, uh, I think it's true for, for, for the vast majority of people that we wake up and, and, and most of us are like, we get instantly into thinking, oh man, what do mm -hmm. I have to do yes. today? What do I, I have to go? And, and, and unless, like, unless we're on vacation, which is a right. word I, I hate. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I don't go on vacation. 
I agree. I love it. I, I go I go on holiday. My life is a permanent holiday. I like to think yeah. I don't need to vacate this experience. But people typically um, don't wake up with enthusiasm unless it's like a weekend, mm-hmm. a holiday, mm-hmm. or on vacation. Yes. That is suffering. That, Absolutely. To me, that's my definition of health. So now, now let's get back. I want yeah. to hear. I want to hear you like as if you were teaching me. Okay, I want you to coach me right now. <clears throat> so I wake up. I'm just starting to notice the fact that, like, as soon as I wake up, I got shitty thoughts. Yeah. I'm walking around all day with shit in my head. The noise that you're talking about, right? right. Tell me how to fix it. Yeah. What I do is it starts even before you wake up from my perspective. It starts, just as an example, I'll give you an idea of my preparation for this video because it's important to me and I've been anticipating it and I'm anticipating it because I know I'm gonna have a good time. I know I always enjoy talking to you. I know it's gonna be an experience. I know I'm gonna grow from it, but it doesn't stop me from anticipating it and wanting to pull my information forward and get it right and study for it and mentally get all in on how I can deliver the most value. So to your, to your point, and I see this in people that I work with all the time, there's so much opportunity for me to be miserable in what I do for a living, Chris. And I'm sure sometimes, I mean, you've seen it with what we do. Travel, sitting through boring meetings. I mean, you, you sat through some of them yourself, and I'm sure you look at it like, how do these guys do this job? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, but what I've done is knowing that I say the same thing. When I look at that, how I'm wired, and it's a beautiful thing is my story going back to when I was a kid, I used to work, my grandfather had an automobile restoration shop and I had to do some hard work from very young age. My, my grandfather's grandparents, immigrants from Italy, they believed in you know bootstrapping and doing some miserable, miserable work. My dad used to have me work in the orchards just so I could wow. get an appreciation yeah, for, and I still do that to this day. I still mow my own lawn. I still work on my own ranch. I still fix my own fences. Not because I can't hire somebody to do it, because it makes me stronger, it makes me tougher. So I'll take you back to the story. So when my feet hit the floor in the morning, I've already thought about and I've already erased in advance any of those negative thoughts that are gonna come out. First of all, I know that to wake up and, and hit the snooze and say, I've got more time to sleep is death for the rest of your day. Because oh, wow. that morning, wow. yeah. That morning sets the tone for your entire day. What you do in the morning, the thoughts that you allow, how quickly you get out of bed, how quickly you get on your feet, how quickly you get in the shower, how quickly, and then the other side of it is, what in your mind have you pulled forward so that your first thought is, I love this day because I've got this conversation I get to have with Chris, and I get to see all my friends at work today, and we get to have these great conversations, and I get to fly home at 1 p.m. today after a long week here in Denver, and I get to look forward to being home, and then I got a great weekend lined up. I go to Portugal next week for our club trip with, oh, wow. with Valerie, and I'm really looking forward to that. And so I think that, to going back to your point, what I would tell you, Chris, and I would tell anybody is get, get a level of intensity about the way you wanna start your day and start it when you, when you go to sleep. When you're laying there, get in the mindset of how awesome that next day is gonna be, and not how, I change my language a lot based on a lot of the practices that you've brought to the table and then my own framework, which says that I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And how I change my mentality based on knowing that there's a lot of people and some of the language 
I mean, you choose your language very carefully, as do I and as the people that I surround myself with. And I'm very bold to correct people about language that I think is, is being subversive to their own ability to get clear. And when I hear people say about, in, you'll ask, how are you doing? And they say, living the dream. And all of that means that they're hating what they're doing. And, they just, <laughs> and I don't even want to hear it. And I love the story that you told me, Chris, when you went to the grocery store and the lady said, how are you doing? And he said, I'm doing great. And she's like, why are you doing so great? He's like, you're like, do I have, do I have to have a reason for oh. doing great? So oh. taking you back, feet hit the floor, you allow, you're so protective. You got to be very protective about anybody that gets to you, any language that gets used around you and the energy of, of what you want to get into your, your That's physical so and your mental state. I love that. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that before, that your, your preparation starts the night before. Mm -hmm. That's super great. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, so to put it into super simplified practical terms, you advise people to, when they go to bed, <clears throat> put themselves to sleep by um, choosing to look forward to all that they get to do in the next day. Okay, that sounds really simple. It is. Is it? Because when people, look, 84, I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate here, okay? All right, all right? Dude, I know that, I know you are a disciplined human. You are, you are, um, you are easily more disciplined than the majority of people. I know that about you. So I have to play devil's advocate because I can already hear voices of people listening to this going, well, you know, he's that he's got that like super uber um, discipline mentality. And, there are, and, and I can tell that some people might already be like saying, well, he's not typical and and they might be right. So I don't want people to hear you and, and like alienate. I want to I want people to hear you and resonate. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, there are these Gallup polls, okay, where they interview for decades Americans asking them on how satisfied they are with their lives. For the last 30 years, the results have been the same. 84% are not pleased. 84% of people report disliking their careers. That's crazy. That's insane. The only way that I can interpret those results, I, I cannot think of another way, is, is this. That means the vast majority of people are totally settling. The vast majority of people are not going to bed at night saying, oh, I can't wait to go into traffic in the morning. <laughs> I can't wait to get up earlier than I, than I wish I would and go to my fucking cubicle <laughs> I, I, and, and I can't wait to answer to that dickhead boss of mine, you know, so, so, you know, you mentioned that you got, I mean, you're a successful dude. Uh, you, you bought your own freaking ranch. Okay. Um, you got a good lifestyle, but you created it. You created it. So, uh, you are not among the 84%. Okay, you are among that. We'll say the sixteen percent who say, "No, my kick, my life is kick ass." Uh, is it really that easy? You know, for people what, like, how do you advise? Like, what do you say to the people that that aren't are in love with what they're doing? 
that really, I mean, that it would feel phony to them. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you say to the person who who really hates their damn job? They're just trying to get by. Right. They don't look at their job as like a vocation. They don't look at their job as a passion. They look at it as a means to an end, it's a survival mechanism, putting food on the table, providing for the family. Okay, it's what we're doing here. All right. And, and you're telling me that I need to go to bed and be thinking all these these like kind of kumbaya I get tos. And if mm-hmm. I'm doing that and I feel like I'm totally lying to myself, what do you say to me now? Mm-hmm. That's, I hear what you're saying. And I put myself in the shoes of people that are listening to this and their bullshit meter is going off and saying, Hi, and there's no way I can get there. But here's what I say oftentimes. It's just like when you're making a choice on whether or not to have a cookie after lunch when you should skip it because you don't believe that eating that cookie is going to be bad for your physique or for your health or you believe that skipping your workout is not going to impact, I think, your ability to get to where you want to and your goals. I think a a lot of people, frankly, do not believe. When I say do not believe, and that's part of mental toughness, is how bad do they really want it? So they say they want to have a great life. They say they want to be in great physical shape. They say they want to have a tougher mind. They say they want to have better people around them. They say they want to be sharper and more intelligent. They say they want to be perceived differently but they don't believe. So I think the first thing you have to do is get back to the core of what's important to you. Mm. So it's just like the people who you know, do what you said, their alarm goes off in the morning, they have their workout clothes there, and it's so easy to decide that I'm too tired or I need to do this email or I wanna do this. And then they look at themselves in the mirror and they don't like what they see. So you gotta get that belief system right as a start. It's like a foundation the way I see it. If you're gonna build a house, If you have an unlevel foundation, the rest of the house is going to be jacked up. And so I think that it is doable. It is. And and the thing that I think about a lot, Chris, is the language that you put to it that that I thought about and you put the language to it is what's going on the outside is a direct reflection of what's going on the inside. I mean, I'll give you an example. I I see people that I work with that are absolutely killing themselves with with their physical form and they're not taking care of themselves. And then they wonder why their mind isn't sharp. They wonder why they got to drink 10 coffee coffees throughout the day and five Red Bulls and then drink two gallons of wine at night and they want to have no energy. And so I, I say, and I translate this to my salespeople as well as the guy who says he wants to do $3 million. Do you believe that having that one extra meeting or making that one phone call or getting up an hour earlier to do your prep is going to help you get to that three million, or you just you think that just magically. So they're not all in to, to the idea and to the concept. Okay, so how do you get all in? So so <clears throat> let, me, let me pause that question. So uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, so the people that are having whose bullshit meters are going off, mm-hmm. thinking this guy doesn't get me. Right. It's easy for him to mm-hmm. go to bed because he has a great life. It's so easy. It's easy for him to go to sleep with all the I get tos because he has a great life. So are you saying that the people who, who don't have that aren't all in with their, with their success or with their um, happiness? Well, I'll tell you, Chris, I've had some, you've described some dark days that you've had, 
where you'd get taken to the floor by something. Yeah. And I've had, I've had plenty of those in my life, plenty of those in my life. And I look at that, you always talk about moving towards something and you always have to move forward. And even when I get in a funk, so first let me level set and say that I have some terrible days, just like everybody else has listened to this. I have days where I'm not motivated. I have days where I'm not clear. I have days where you talked about it. The fact that I went to bed uh, with clear thoughts, something got confused in my subconscious and I woke up with bad thoughts and it took a while to struggle through that. But I'll tell you what gives me that and, and what people listen to this can do is that being resolute and having conviction that you can control that and you can change those thoughts that you can get back on track. And I think that's where mental toughness comes in. When you think about it, it's just like, you know, coming out for this meeting this week, I was in Denver last week and coming out here again, sitting in chairs all day long and listening to the presentation after presentation, some that I'm getting value from some that I'm not, but I'm looking for every nugget. And I had an experience last night and these are the things that fuel my fire. Two uh, ladies that I work with, one lady sat next to me on the bus to dinner and she goes, you know, I really like your, your energy. I love the way you talk to people. I love the look in your eyes. I can tell you're sincere. I can tell you you care about the company. And I told her, I said, that's very flattering because of all the work that I do to get to where I am, to hear that, that it's coming across that way and then, I, and then I'm being perceived sincere because I am, that feels great. Somebody else said, you know, I love the presentation you did. It was very impactful. It was, uh, so those are the type of things that I gravitate towards. And then I use those to, I visualize a plow, man, with like a, a donkey or a mule connected to the front and I'm on the back and that when that stuff gets in my way, I'm going to hook up to the horse and the plow and I'm going to plow through it and I'm going to move forward and I'm going to get to this mental state that I want to get to. And I'm not going to allow myself to wallow and suffer, which, you know, the 85%, the stat that you gave, Everybody, I see people when I'm walking through airports or, you know, walk, walk, wherever I'm going in my life, I'll see people in this morning. First thing they're doing is bitching about the fact that, oh, the food this morning sucks. And, oh, my God, my boss wants this from me later. And I got this and I got to take, you know, it's all a bunch of uh, whining. And then I realize they're training, speaking of mental toughness, they're training the opposite of mental toughness. They're training and reinforcing mental weakness. Hmm. All right, so um, so we need to practice that, is what you're saying, is that yeah. <clears throat> I need to interrupt, you know, I, I, mental toughness, as far as I'm concerned, is completely predicated upon awareness, right? Like, you're a workout fiend. Um, exercising physically is something that's very measurable, <clears throat> Uh, it's more obvious. Uh, it's on the, it's in the outer world. You can see it. Mm -hmm. I'm using weights or I'm doing repetitions. I can count that and I can measure that. Mm -hmm. uh, mental toughness is invisible. Mental toughness training is invisible. Right? Our thoughts are invisible. So it's it's similar but totally different. I agree. Okay. So what I keep hearing you say, without saying it necessarily explicitly, <clears throat> is that you're constantly paying attention to what's going on. You're, you're constantly paying attention to, um, I guess, what you originally described as the noise. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? And, and you sound like you're intolerant of it. Mm -hmm. My interpretation of all that you just said <clears throat> um, 
with respect to people who are stuck in like a victim mentality where, where they're thinking that life is happening to them and they're, they're just going to survive and just get by and just deal is that they're not doing the reps. Mm -hmm. That's right. So do you believe that, any, that people, do you believe that, um, I've never asked you this. Do you believe that people, all people, I, I guess, barring any kind of neurological disorder, right. um, are capable of creating uh, life on their terms? I do. You do? Yes. Yeah, and I'll give you something. You, I, I took a note as you were speaking because you triggered a thought. One of the things that, that I always say, whether it's working out or it's investing the time to have a conversation like this, I always visualize what the reward is on the other side of that. And you have to have that motivator on the other side. And so as, as an example, I visualize the feeling after this conversation of growth and connection and bonding with you and having this experience and being able to you know, go through the, the process of articulating this and the benefit to me and the benefit to others. And the reason I say that is, I always say, just as it uses a workout example, I, I talk, you know, friends of mine as an example, I look at them like, you, need, you really need to start working out. And I'm not critiquing you, I'm not being harsh on you, but you need to take care of yourself because there's so many rewards, energy level, the way you look, the way you carry yourself, your presence, everything. And that's your presentation layer. And there's no way, other way around it. You can't cheat that, just like you can't cheat your mind. So that visualization, and I always say this about working out, you will always feel better. I mean, Chris, how many times have you went to the gym and said afterwards, I feel worse than when I went? <laughs> Never, right? And it's right, the same right. thing with, with training your mental state and, and mental getting to a point of mental toughness is if you really believe, and that's why I always go back to your belief system, if you believe that you can change that, and it goes to the question that you asked, can anybody do it? Absolutely anybody can do it. You have to first want it bad enough. You got to know why you want it, and you have to connect it to something emotional. And what's what's the reward on the other side of this? Okay, so stay, staying in the devil's advocate position, you know, I used to um, be a licensed therapist, right? And I used to work with some really challenging populations, including gang kids. <clears throat> and and that, that was a really unique experience because... Um, I, I would ask these kids, so my job was to um, serve as a counselor to kids that are getting out of jail and to, and to try to influence them in such a way to move in another direction, right, so that they wouldn't go back. <clears throat> I would start by asking them questions, and I wouldn't do it this way if I was going to do it over, <clears throat> but I would say, you know, what's your dream? And a lot of them would just laugh at that. Because they're already, um, they're already, they're felons, right? They have felonies, they have records, and and they're convinced, convinced mm -hmm. that they're screwed. Mm -hmm. And the majority, vast majority, would answer with, think, like, you know, their dream is to be a landscaper or an auto mechanic. Mm -hmm. Or the ones who seemed uh, super ambitious would say, I, I want to be a public defender and represent gang kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and I found that fascinating and, and that, that I could sense that they were responding to me like, who's this, this white, who, who, what the, who's, <laughs> you know, who's he coming in here, you know, driving in his infinity, pulling up here and, and asking me this bullshit. He don't know shit about me, <laughs> you know, and, um, and they're really convinced. So, so now what? Like, 
What about the people that are so you're saying, sure, yeah, people, you have discipline, so you need the clarity and you need to be committed. You need to know what you want, you need to you know be all in with it. And it's that, it's that simple. You need to, you know, and train your mind and you can have what you want. All right. What so you know, what about the people that 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 um that are convinced, like, well, yeah, maybe for you, white boy, okay, maybe for you, uh, that you know, you grew up in, in California, and, you know, and and I don't know, whatever their story is about you being different. Oh yeah. Um, so what do you say to the people that are convinced that, like, you know, that, that they can't, that that's not just, that's just not their life, that they're just going to have to survive and, yep. and settle? Well, I'll, I will tell you, I grew up in a neighborhood that was. I was basically the only white kid in the entire neighborhood. Not that it had anything to do with my color, but I was the minority. And I grew up around a lot of people that never got out of that environment, including people that were just like me. And I bootstrapped my way out of that world. And that negativity and all of that is probably why I developed a fierce intolerance for all of that. And, and where I'm, you know, I have a lot of conviction around what you can do with your life. But I recognize that not everybody everybody's in a different place. And I think that as an example, when I go to coach my sales teams, I don't want to take them from a level of performance that they are today to a high level of performance. Mental toughness is a key part of that because what I want to do is a basic baseline and say, as an example, Brian, what is your current state? So current state, desired state, and what is the gap in between? And how do we get there? And what are the different elements of how we get to a level of? And the first thing is, if that person doesn't want it, and there are people that just don't want it. Wait, hold on. When you say don't want it, what is the it? They don't want to get to their desired state. Okay, nope. I don't buy that. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I think everybody really does want it, but they don't go for it with the same level of intensity as you do because they don't believe it's accessible. This is what I'm asking you. Is what that's what I'm talking about. The gang kids, is right. of course they have dreams, but they're so disconnected from them because they don't believe that they're even an option. That that that's actually self torture is to go ahead and fantasize about being a millionaire or or right. even just you know having a nice lifestyle. Right. Um, is is a fantasy by fantasizing about it? It's it's really like it's torture because I I won't ever be able to have it. So mm -hmm. so why even do that to myself? It's interesting because what you described is I have a brother that is older than me and he's extremely talented. He's, he's talented. He's disciplined. I have a ton of respect, but these are the types of conversation that he and I have. And he, the way he talks is the way, the way you just described. And I will never give up on trying to help him understand you don't need to be beat down. You don't need to give up. You're not, you know, language like, um, I'm too old to change or, I'm, you know, a blue collar guy, so I'm yeah. never going to become anything more than this. So I, I can absolutely relate to that. And I think that to, to the challenge that you gave me that some people don't, you, you believe that everybody wants it. I think some people have given up, so they no longer want it. And I think that changing that first fundamental belief, and you talk about the things that you tell yourself and the story that you tell yourself. Yeah. You're never going to develop mental toughness if you've got a story, mm. a virus to your mind. Mm. So as an example, the guy that you gave, you know, kids saying I'm a felon, I d didn't get educated, um, da, da, da. there's plenty of people who could tell that story. I mean, look at phenomenally accomplished people like Elon Musk and Bill Gates and 
I see people like that all day. A guy who founded my company was an immigrant from Egypt, and now he is an you know amazingly accomplished individual because he believed. But I, I think that, yeah, everybody starts out knowing they want to get somewhere and having a desired state, but some people, frankly, just give up on it. They let themselves go completely. Mm. They get soft physically. They get soft mentally. So where, okay, so where's the starting point with somebody that's like hopeless? If you, it sounds like you're describing hopelessness. They've given up on any kind of dream, any kind of idea of having their life on their terms, which, by the way, is my definition of success. So where do you start with that person? Yeah. Here's one of the not, things. Not that it's your job. Not that no, it's anybody's that's... job, but, it, but I mean, well, maybe it is this. our job. I don't know. Maybe it is our job because as humans, maybe that is our job. Is to I think it is our job, actually, is to inspire people. Not our job, but it's, it is... A human duty, um, you know, if, if we want to all cohabitate and live peacefully and happily and joyfully and successfully together, then, then maybe it is really our responsibility to, to inspire the people around us. So, so if, you're, if, if you're buying that uh, and you do want to inspire more people around you, and I know that you do, um, so how do you start with the people that are like, eh, that's, well, yeah, I get that in theory, but, you know, it's just too late for me, or I, I, don't, I don't have what it takes. Yeah have my life on my terms here the first thing that I see as a belief system that people need to work on is that you have to embrace difficult and embrace hard you talked about I remember you gave an example Chris of where you had somebody that was really close to you a dear friend passed away and it impacted you just you know and and you had to dissect that of why did it impact me that way why did that da, da, da? well belief systems are so important and I have things that affect me that way and I think that belief system that people have is anything hard, anything challenging, anything difficult is awful. It's terrible. I don't want it. I don't want to go there. You got to eat that stuff up oh. and you got to, you have to embrace it and you have to look at it like what's on the other side of that. So I, I think when I think of where people are is they have to first take inventory and, and of the key elements of their life of where they are, whether it's that their relationship is bad or that where they live is bad or their health is bad or they don't like their physique or they don't like the way they think, whatever the factors are, they don't have enough money. You got to at least baseline to that. You can't work on everything at once. You got to start like you always said, Chris, you got to move toward it. So whatever your goal is and you got to live it and visualize it every day. For me, as an example, in my career, okay, I, I look at it as you have to be inspired. You have to inspire yourself. And you have to be interested and engaged in it. And so it's not an overnight thing, but it's the little things. And you also have to believe it's those little things that you're going to do. They're going to make a huge difference and that you're going to make that progress. And it, it doesn't happen all at once, but you have to be committed to it. And you've got to want it more than you want anything. So <clears throat> you, stories. Uh, we got to change our stories then. <clears throat> yes. Right. Yes. Okay, I got to pay attention to my stories. What are the stories that I'm telling myself? These beliefs like that I can't have. I uh, it's too late for me, or whatever the story might be, that would have me believe that that it, it's actually okay for me to be living a life less than what I desire. Yeah. Right. So I got to change my story. Now, now, is it that simple? Just change the story. I think it is. I think it is. I was thinking on that because that's a profound question and I agree with you. It absolutely is. I talked about starting points. You got to get that right. That's the foundation. This, this is, uh, are you familiar with her, Iron Katie? 
you talked to me about her. Yeah, so um, this is an expert on rewriting stories. This woman here, it's what her whole deal is about. Is like the question, like, who would you be without that story? Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. right? Right. Who would you be without that story? So I, I love that. I love what you're saying about the story and reauthoring. And my, and my one of my former coaches, Steve Chandler, uh, um, uh, talks a lot about authority, exercising authority. And the root word of authority, of course, is author. And what do authors do? They write stories. So we are the authors of our lives. We story them. And we have erasers. We can erase whatever stories suck. So I'm, I'm, I, I love what you're saying there. We're running out of time here, buddy. I could talk with you all damn day, you know, about this. I really, uh, bro, I appreciate your making time on your trip uh, early in the morning to, um, to share your thoughts and your insights with me. Uh, enjoy. So, so you're going to Portugal. Yes. Okay, and that's, yes. that's, what's that, what's the deal there? It is our reward trip here at our company, and so, so yeah, we won that trip. Yes, yes. <laughs> had a baby, <laughs> right on. Cool, yes. well, well, enjoy that. Thank and, you. Uh, and safe travels home. And once again, Vince, thanks for who you are, how you show up in the world, how you inspire people. The woman who, who acknowledged you last night, that's, that's just a beautiful thing, that story. Um, you, you, the vibe you put out is profound. Dude, uh, the way that you influence the world without even trying is a big fucking deal. <laughs> and I thank you for it, brother. I thank you for it. Okay? My pleasure. And, and thanks, for, uh, thanks for making time for us today, man. Always. Talk, anytime. Right, thanks. All right. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. See you, man. Bye.